Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about pressures from social media. Mm, it's a very fitting topic. I mean, so much has changed in the internet and the social media space, and I feel like everyone is on social media in some way, shape or form. And with that, I guess, comes this newfound pressure to not only be on there, but to show your real self, to show up unapologetically, to offer value and all these other things. And Mm. it was actually a DM and it prompted me. It was someone sort of speaking about um, confidence and showing up and, you know, speaking your mind on social media. And it prompted me to ask a question uh, for all of my own followers on my story and, Yeah, I thought it would be such a fantastic episode to get into some of these limiting beliefs that are literally holding people back from showing up. So I'll read out the question box. Um, Everything as well, like it's completely confidential Mm. um, that's come in. We're not sharing names or anything, but we're just going to go through some of the key themes. So the question that I popped on my story is, do you feel pressure on social media? If so, how does this affect you? Mm, yeah and it was interesting as we were discussing the answers how many of them were actually the same right Mm, yeah and that was one of the reasons as to why I did it because I was like I had good intentions of um, getting back but I was like wow there's so many of them coming in but looking through the responses it was I knew this would happen but I was like oh there's like four or five key themes and it's so interesting to from an outside view to be able to go everyone has the same limiting beliefs that show up and there's something really humble in knowing oh me too like I think that too and if you think that then maybe everyone else does and you can also have a different lens to be like how can you be insecure like you're amazing I'm so inspired by you and yeah so I really wanted to um you know be able to expand on that and shed some light on some of the main things that were showing up in the Q&A box. Yeah. And the first one that we um, came about was imposter syndrome. So this one was mainly from coaches, educators, or, you know, trainers in this space. So imposter syndrome was number one. Mm. And that's something I've been through myself. I think Mm -hmm. we did a podcast on limiting beliefs a long time ago, and that was my main one that would always show up, knock on the door and be like, are you enough? Do you know enough? Like, yeah. It's so common and I think as well, given the day and age, we have access to the most incredible thing called the internet Mm. and it can give you that sense of there's always more to learn. There's always going to be someone that's smarter than you. There's always going to be more about a topic. Like can you ever really be 100% an expert and know everything about everything? Of course not. Mm. So this limiting belief of like not smart enough or not knowledgeable enough can really show up and rattle your cages. And I've been through the exact same thing and it was very, very eye-opening to just how many other coaches feel the same way. Yeah, and it's um, the themes really came up around sort of um, second-guessing what you know, particularly regarding like education. Um, People think that just because you're a coach, you have to know everything about health and fitness. Um, And again, like what you said, not feeling smart enough as well. So I suppose over the course of our journey, we've had our student hat on and have continued to learn. That's how we're at the point of posting our current content now. But if we always fixate on, on what we don't know, then that's very dangerous because as you said, there is always more to learn. So what I've 
done and and what is important for everyone is just to focus on the knowledge that you have at the moment and then really recognize that there's still going to be clients who need your knowledge, whether they are newbies or whether they are university students, okay? There is a spectrum of people who need your help, but Mm. just stay in your lane and continue to work on the areas that you're actually confident in, whether it be teaching someone where their quad muscle is. Yeah. I talk to a lot of people um, for who are trainers overseas where the mm. knowledge just it seems to be so different. And a lot of their clients are still learning which is the bicep and which is the tricep. And I think that's brilliant because this coach was so caught up in um, the details, the science, the knowledge when oh. I said, hang on a minute, just slow down for mm. your clients at this point in time. They yeah. don't want to know that. Yeah. They just want the simple version. So yeah. yeah, it can be very humbling to remember that most people are actually newbies. Yeah. And I think as well, like on the internet, it's always the next sexy thing that's being advertised, like the next method and all these sorts of, you know, mechanical drop sets and all these sorts of things. It's like, if you don't understand basic anatomy, you know, how are you going to understand biomechanics? You know, like you can't have one without the other. So foundation knowledge, it has to be foundational. We have to build on top of things. Otherwise you can get so consumed in the nitty gritty without Mm. attacking the low hanging fruit, which is something we always talk about. There's always going to be people that need that help and support too. Um, But something I wrote down before was paralysis by analysis yeah god i used to get caught up in that Mm. like just when you've got like a level of knowledge on a specific area as well you can get so caught up in it like what you were just sharing there danny when Mm. sometimes you do need to step back and be like okay what's most important yes and something i really really am just so big on is making things as simple for yourself and others Uh, as possible because a lot of people think that more like knowing more or more knowledge is better and that's Mm. not necessarily the case like who are you speaking to who are you working with what outcome are you hoping to achieve yeah because you're probably not speaking to the one percent of the population that are worried about freaking respiratory mechanics and all these sorts of things so we don't need to understand that much and a lot of people use big words right but do, do they get results No, because do your clients Mm. understand? And I think that's a really powerful realisation is to be like, okay, I don't have to sound smart. You know, in fact, actually, the more knowledge you have, the more, um, I guess, the easier you can digest it and explain it to your clients anyways. Yeah, people trail off. People's attention spans are so short. So Mm. um, because I have obviously my coaching business and then United Health Education. United Health Education is a little more on the sciencey side, obviously, because of the clients. Mm. Um, But again, like even when I'm teaching other allied health practitioners, I still don't overdo the anatomical language unless they specifically ask. But what has worked so well in that and in my teaching in that space again, exactly what you said was sort of um, using language that everyone can understand because then Mm. that can just be a understood more, but then relayed on to the clients as Mm. well. You're going to get people who really want to know the small details, which is great. Mm. um, But the majority of the people just want the result. 100%. And it's, I think as well, something that's been really powerful uh, for me is almost realizing that that intellectual protector or that imposter syndrome or that part of me that shows up that tells me I'm not smart enough is the reason as to why I'm where I am, to be honest. Like, 
I'm a student first and I'm a really good learner because I stay curious. And if I was to say, oh, that's a bad thing, don't tell people you don't know that, it would, it would inhibit my ability to learn those things and get results. Yeah. So if we don't learn that asking for help because you have a knowledge deficit in some area, if we think that that's a negative thing, we're never going to fill that knowledge deficit and we're going to be the people in the Q&A boxes saying I'm not smart enough and therefore I do nothing. And yeah. to me, I'm like, oh, you're doing everyone such a disservice by not being like, hey, I don't know, can someone teach me? Because yes. people like us, Danny, how much do we love helping and educating? Mm. It, it fills our cup up. Mm. And there's also times where we're like, I don't know, I don't know, but you know what? I can figure that out or I can find where I can figure that out because yeah. you're never, ever, ever going to know it all. And that is so okay and so normal. Yeah, yeah. So always be a student, but then also know when to refer out. Um, Clients love when there's a team of coaches helping them. Okay. So for me, like I've, I've been in this industry a decade and I've done nutrition. What? Fossil. So do fossil. Fossil. I know. I've done the nutrition advice. I've, I've, I've dabbled in everything over the years, but then I've come to the point now where Yes, I'm capable to give nutrition advice, but I just don't want to because I want to specialize in programming and movement and all of that. So I'm happy when people come to me wanting nutrition, I refer out and that's Mm. awesome. They love it. They love Mm. that I'm honest. So like what you said, again, we just need to be honest, whether it's something that you don't know or something that you don't offer. There's no point providing a mediocre service at something Mm. just because you want to take a client on. Like, Say no and then spend time taking on clients where you can truly give value. Mm, Yeah, for sure. And that's a really interesting point there, Danny, is like where you can give value because that's going to be so different. And this is something that shows up a lot, like in those styled Q&A boxes, Mm. that fear of not being able to give value. And I'm like, you actually don't get to decide whether you're giving value to someone else, to be honest. Like they, they get to decide. Yeah entertainment, education, inspiration, mm. motivation. Like oh, how do you show rhyme. up? Do that? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Not we'll even quote that one. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I used to have that being like, oh, is that valuable? Where people are like, oh, I love you showing up on your milk carton wooden box doing an exercise. Yeah. You know, that inspires me to show up. So your you oysters. Know, you eating yeah. oysters, you know, that's value for people now. Exactly. Like so many people do that around their period. Like, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> even just um, like for a lot of people use social media for entertainment. They want to oh, see yeah. what you're up to. Like for me, I was like, I don't want to show people what I do right the day. No one cares. Mm. Matter of fact, people like watching stories. People yeah. love seeing your real life and your personality and singing in the car. It per- yeah. perks people <laughs> up. I do that all the time. I love yeah. it. But the amount of people are like, I look forward to you singing in the car. And there I'm like, go. what you deem as valuable doesn't have to be intellectual. And I can't stress that enough. Like mm. people need to relate to you and understand you. So we need to just get rid of this. I'm not offering value because you don't get to decide that anyways yeah exactly well said and it's so fun like being able to showcase things that aren't work related as well on your stories you know have a bit of a sing and a dance and (laughs) show that you are a real human as well it's great I love it absolutely Luke gives out value you know everyone gives out value see everyone on the everyone Um, everyone 
But yeah, I guess that that really ties up that imposter syndrome or that not smart enough or feeling like we're we're not good enough. And Mm. the other thing to really think about with that is who are you comparing yourself to? Yeah, Um, Danny, we surround ourselves with a lot of intelligent people. And if we compared our knowledge to theirs and thought, oh, well, I'm not where they are, even though they've been doing this for 10 extra, 20 years, like more than me, well, I would be so intimidated and I'd never take action. I would yeah. never take action. I'd never collaborate. I'd never mingle. I'd never write programs for people. I'd never, mm. I'd never do these sorts of things. And, mm. you know, I have coaches that have been coaching for longer than me too, you know, and I'm, I'm humbled that they've come to me to ask for guidance. And I just think, you know, this experience and this comparing again, like what people get from you is, is might be actually different to what you think you're offering. So yeah, Never, never compare yourself to someone else that's been in the game for a a much longer time because they've just done more reps and there's nothing to say that if you don't stick with it, that you're not going to be at that level or at that knowledge level um, in the next years to come as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also remembering that everyone has a different niche and attract different Mm. clients. And I know I bring up this example a lot, but just because I get asked about it a lot, you know, when I decided to go into business with Andrew, he decided to go into business with me, polar opposites, right? Very Mm. different looks. And at the start, I was a little bit intimidated, even though he doesn't bring on that energy. So humble. (laughs) But then I had to say, well, this guy's been doing this for 40 years like, how can I even stand next to him and present? But then, you know, someone kept reminding me, they're coming to see you, Danny. You're your own person. Mm. You bring a softer look to the brand. You attract different clients. And for all of us, we have specific clients that come to us for us. Mm. It's not always about how much you know and how many quote unquote research papers you look at. Okay. Mm. Maybe they just want to come to you for a laugh and have Mm. a chat and get off the couch. You know, there's so many elements. So we just need to remember that we are an individual and Mm. at the end of the day, they are coming to us for our personality as well. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it's a really good point, Danny. Like I I was just sort of reflecting and thinking about um, I I've had like a number of a handful of clients with me for a very long period of time and there was part of me where I was like I feel like I'm not doing anything for them you know mm. like I feel like I'm not doing anything and then when, then when talking to them I was like are you like what are you getting at the moment do you like is this still what you want how else can I offer value and they're mm. just like no I just I just love coming to the group calls and having that community and like yep. and I'm like who would I be to take that away right now who would mm. I be to say oh well just because maybe you know you're a bit autonomous that I take away the one thing that's keeping people together during a lockdown. There you so go. it's really important to, again, pull yourself up because we all do it and be yeah. like, okay, again, I don't get to decide what value I'm really providing. I have services and then what people get from that, you know, it's up to them as well. What tools out of that toolbox they take and how they interpret yeah. it and how much they apply it and how it helps them mentally and physically. So Yeah, I just think the more evidence that you can collect um, and the more, I guess, experiences like that and the more that you can have those internal conversations with yourself, the easier it is to break free of that not enough imposter syndrome value sort of conversation that we can have inside. 
Yeah, yeah. And community is everything. So it's really good that you actually ask them, well, you know, I feel like I'm not really giving that value because you've learned all my tools, but why are you saying? And and it Mm. was the community. So now you know, well, hang on a minute, people really see value in this community. So it's really good that you guys have that relationship as well. And it is important. Um, Mm. I was mentoring someone yesterday and he sort of came to me as a new trainer and he was worried that he didn't look like a typical bodybuilder. So he, off the back of what you said, mm. asked his clients, well, look, I've still got my own journey and a few kilos to lose. Why did you come to me as a trainer mm. rather than this person over here who has washboard abs, really muscly and looks like, you know, a, a, a fitness model? And then the clients actually said, well, I feel like I wouldn't relate to that person just because they look you know, like what a traditional fitness model or trainer would look like, you're actually more relatable. You know what it's like to have some days where you're not on track. You have the personality where I can actually just have a laugh and, you know, really open up to. So again, asking if you're unsure of the value that you are providing, just ask your clients Mm. and recognize, well, not everyone wants to associate with someone who is shredded. Like for the majority of people, it's actually not realistic. Yeah, and there's a lot of really intelligent people out there that I love consuming their content, but they don't have like a lot of those things. Like they don't have a strong community. They don't have that relatability. They don't have like a really in-demand business because of a lot of those reasons. So again, going back to that Simon thing, people don't buy what you sell. Like they buy who you are, you know, and they want to know who you are and connect with you as well. So again, value is showing up. And mm. just being yourself and showing character, it's mm. not always like, do you have the most intellectual lesson? Uh, and something I've learned as a coach as well is like, you can have the best training program of all the best volume and intensity and all those sorts of things, all the best technique as well. Um, if you don't have habits and foundations and like self-worth, what is it? Like yeah. who cares what your macros are? Like if yeah. you hate eating the way that you're eating, yeah. so like behavior and habits, it's a whole nother thing. It's like what makes humans humans. Yeah. So never just put yourself in a box. And sometimes I find it hard because I'm like, oh, no one's really coaching the way I'm coaching, to be honest. So I'm actually never going to compare myself to how someone else coaches. Yeah. So if you just stay in your own lane and yeah. like ask your clientele and ask the people that are consuming your content, is this valuable? What do you like? What makes yeah. you come back? Mm. you know people aren't going to be there if they don't see it so you know Mm. yeah I could go on for ages about that one but I feel like we've really covered that imposter syndrome yeah yeah and just to quickly I know you're trying to move on and I keep bringing you there no I am (laughs) I I wanted to bring in your famous quote of um find a coach that you would take fishing because apparently you found a lot that you wouldn't take fishing we haven't heard that in a while um and then also (laughs) imposter syndrome from an athlete's point of view quote unquote just remember um, again, try not to compare your journey to other people as well. It's not always mm. about how heavy you can lift or what yeah. you look like as well. So it works both ways for coaches, mm. but then also people in the gym or yeah. undertaking physical activity as well. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. Really mm. important lesson there. Um, cool. But I guess the next one, and uh, this is like a really common one, is that body confidence and the beauty standards that are now painted all over social media, whether you like engage in it or not. In fact, Mm -hmm. if you don't use filters every now and then, um, you would be very, I guess, 
out of it um, styled user of Instagram mm. because it seems like everyone uses these sorts of things these days. So it's no surprise that this does show up as a little bit of an insecurity for people in terms of body confidence. Yeah, yeah. And you and I actually appeared on a podcast with Gabriella Rosa. Hattie was in there, Michelle was in there, and it was an awesome mm. crew. So we spoke like about body confidence for an hour, which was awesome. So we'll definitely post the link um, with that. But mm. body confidence, you know, we um, one of the underlying messages we said there, it does come from within, no matter what shape or size you are, mm. we have the capability to build that confidence at any stage of our journey. But mm. again, it's not that easy, of course. Mm. Yeah, it's a really hard question to sort of frame. And mm. um, I was speaking about this the other day and sort of saying like confidence is sort of just like any other emotion. It's like happiness. You know, we're not always mm. happy, you know, mm. but there are things that make us feel happier than others. And there are things that sort of trigger us to feel sad and if we always just think, oh, well, I look at Danny and she's just always so confident. Well, we know that's not true. Like we have mm. good and bad days as well. And yeah. we don't always just have this radiating body confidence, you know, like catch me on my period and I feel like a whale. Yeah, so- catch me in lockdown after my Botox has worn off. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that dog off the toilet paper. Ads. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But I think the thing with the with like body confidence as well is, you know, I feel like I've really learned to accept what I cannot love at certain periods of times. Like yeah. I may not love everything about myself all the time. And sometimes, you know, you might feel a bit more fluffier than others if you go into a surplus or if you've, mm-hmm. you know, detrained a little bit in lockdown or whatever it might be. But you can learn to accept that yeah. um, without feeling like you're in love with it. And everyone has insecurities. It's just the way that the world goes around. But if we let those insecurities actually impact our behavior, which was the theme of, I guess, the question box, like how does it actually impact you? That's a problem to me. That's like, okay, well, I'm not showing up on social media at all because I hate myself. I think that's when it needs addressing. But if you're just having like a bad day, a bad week or whatever, and Mm. you know that that's going to pass and, you know, you're going to be able to show up and showcase your true self because you're not being held back by an insecurity. Yeah. That is what I would classify as normal. Yeah. Oh, it's so normal and no one's forcing you. If you're not liking how you look at the moment or you don't really feel that confident like you don't have to post a photo showcasing your body like you can just post other content that you feel comfortable with like it's okay there's no rules on what you should and shouldn't post but recognize that it is normal to have days where you feel a bit shit I had one the other day I was overtired I was just wearing something that I wasn't feeling myself in, like I hadn't, I needed to wash my hair. There, we all have days like that. It is so normal. And yes, it's probably a bit vain what I said about the Botox thing, but it's true. Like I'm not saying everyone needs Botox, but I, I openly get it and I always talk about it and it makes me feel good. So it is what it is. Like we yeah. all have little things that allow us to feel good. Um, but yeah, there's no rules around that. As long as you're doing it, from a place from within and not trying to impress everyone else. Yeah, for sure. That's the difference. And we're the first to admit that we've had plastic surgery and we've had breast augmentation. And I'll tell you what, not not advocating for it, but like what that did for my confidence was huge Mm. in terms Mm. of like how I learned to accept my body in a more positive way, Mm. not from a place of like hate and like this is 
horrible about me. Like I didn't hate my body before. I, had, yeah. I didn't hate my breasts before I had implants. I didn't hate them, but I, I wanted to be able to change them to improve my overall confidence. And to be yeah. honest, it did. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. Even yeah. if it is like, you know, lip fillers and Botox, there's nothing wrong with doing it as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's also about Danny, like the, the Botox is worn off and you still show up. You know, That's it's it. not about like, I can't show up because this yeah. thing's gone. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it just comes with time and experience as well. Like I think about, you know, perhaps my body insecurities when I was in like my early teens or twenties in comparison to like where I am now and how much growth I've had, because I've gone through periods where I've gained body fat, gone into a surplus, been mm. lean and realized, oh, well, this isn't that great either. And like, mm. I've gone through different chapters and periods that have helped me gain perspective and life experience from actually doing it to get to a more comfortable place um, and being happy in my skin. Yeah, perfect. I mean, we're all about feeling beautiful and embracing your own unique self, but then we're also about if you want to change something, then change it. I mean, why do we put effort in the gym as well? Yes, yeah. to perform well, to prevent injury and all that, but we want to change our body composition to, mm. you know, what will make us feel good. And that's mm. the same, whether you do it in the gym, whether you get your nails done, there are so many other ways as well. So mm. Yeah. And something else I just wanted to touch on, Danny, before we moved on. Body dysmorphia in the fitness industry is a really big thing. And I think mm. a lot of the time we are surrounded uh, and consuming content from fitness models and people that are like in incredible shape yeah. that are like the three percent of the population that look like this. Yeah. And I even catch myself, you know, having negative days of being like, you know, well, this is I'm like, I'm not surrounding myself with gen pop. Mm. Like I'm not just at the beach in my bikini with gen pop anymore. Mm. Am I? Mm. Um, and it, sometimes I forget that, like, I forget what normal bodies look like. Yeah. And to be honest, like nursing and midwifery gave that to me at that period. Now that I'm not around that as much, like it can be a bit dysmorphic because my social media feed is just fitness people. And, yeah. you know, it, 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 opened my eyes up the other day because someone said to me like geez you look fit and I was like what huh? and I was like oh. but I was like oh, I guess I do yeah <laughs> but it's it's do you know what I mean like yeah when you're you not forget you know yeah you forget what normal bodies look like yeah so when you're only comparing yourself to let's be real one to three percent of the population that are elite on Instagram mm. when in real life before social media, you wouldn't have access to seeing those people anyways. No you know, way. You would only see the people that you're walking past in the street or mm. people on TV. Um, it's really important to not compare yourself to that 1%. So yeah, obvious, but yeah, it's just what our brain does. Well, it's not. We become, yeah, a product of, you know, what we see, who we hang around, um, all the information we consume. So, yeah, it was really interesting that you mentioned moving from midwifery now into the fitness space. Like you notice that change. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, cool. All right. On to the next one. Content creation. So people feeling the pressure to create good quality content. Mm, it's really hard. Isn't what it? even because- is good? I don't know. I was just thinking that. I was like, what's good? You know, again, it comes back to that terminology of value, doesn't yeah. it? And I I, I might have been guilty of sort of saying in the past, like we need to be putting out, you know, good high quality content for business purposes. But 
I almost feel like, wow, has that been discouraging people from putting out any content? Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing is like that paralysis by analysis because you can question everything. Like, is this good enough? And I love, like I film off like a 4K camera and I love like actually um, creating high quality content, editing and looking at it. I really enjoy that process, Mm. but I don't do it because I feel like, the content I was doing was bad, if that makes sense. Like I'm not like, oh, well, I can't post something suboptimal on my story or I can't like make a funny reel with just my iPhone camera or I can't do that. It has to be this 4K quality or anything. I don't feel like that. Uh, But I'm noticing that people are starting to feel like that, being like, how's it so crisp? How's it so clear? Mine's not as good as yours. (laughs) I came to you asking those questions for sure. Remember I bought a camera, but it was shit. I'm like, well, why do yours look so good? My iPhone looks better than my my camera right now but you're not um like that hasn't discouraged you and I feel like a lot of people have been discouraged because there's a lot of bigger people out there saying content has to be high quality content has to be valuable content has to be educational that is Mm. the message that's been pumped Mm. out it's like no it doesn't go over on tiktok doesn't have to be any of the above and it can still be incredible for people so you know I know the context is really important and what you're doing and all those sorts of things but Danny can you think back to our starting content mate (laughs) oh mate fuck (laughs) see it's you know it's interesting because it can it can go both ways if you're selling like a tangible product like a clothing item or something you want a nice photo of the t-shirt you don't want to crinkled up blurry no one's gonna buy that but But then when it comes to personal content um you know if it's going to paralyze you from posting at all don't Mm. stress about it but Mm. if you're in our position where we've got so much content to post we're regular posters we want to enhance the quality by buying a new camera and all of that great you know Mm. we want to put the time effort and money into that just because Mm. we can Um, but for people who don't want to put the time effort and money into it just Mm. post normal stuff yeah instagram was designed to be instant to be honest and it doesn't have Mm. to be like exported and updated and premium to give value to people you know team tripod like there's nothing wrong with just taking a tripod filming on your phone and, and just whacking it up, not editing, like not having fancy covers and not doing all that. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, so again, it comes down to that, that paralysis by analysis. And I just think it's so interesting to see the way that social media is going because it was just a photo platform, right? Yeah. Originally Instagram is just a photo platform and you know, a lot of people that were shy or introverted, that was great. They just mm. froze a photo. Whereas now it's very much moving to a video-based platform. Yeah. Reels and all those sorts of things. It's very much video stories. Mm. Um, and all the people that are like, ah, like, yeah. I'm a bit insecure. I can't talk in front of my camera. I can't do all these things. Now they're being pushed to do it. And that can show up for people to be like, far out. I'm I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not sure yeah. I can't. You know, those sorts of limiting beliefs are now really exaggerated because you can't fake it like podcasts we can't fake it you rock up you know mm. the thing you say that you don't yeah same with the direction of social media at the moment and yeah. I feel like don't be discouraged by that if we sort of lean into that all the things that we've spoken about in terms of dealing with those insecurities we can just find who we are and be okay with posting the content that we make yeah yeah for sure um but then you know I would also encourage putting some effort into your social media as a trainer. Like we had someone reach out or you had someone reach out saying, 
you know, I'm starting in the fitness industry. I feel like you have to use social media, but I don't like it and I'm not confident, you know, and that is the way of the world. Like if you are in the fitness industry, if you want to eventually have an online business, you will need to be online. Like if you're happy just working in a gym, and want to get clients through the gym, great. Social media is not that important. But it depends on where you want your career to go, if you want to expand online, if you want to, um, you know, expand the avenues, like appear on podcasts and do what we do, then, yes, you need social media. Um, Mm. So I don't want to be a hypocrite and say just post anything since we put effort in. Um, Mm. But, yeah, don't put too much pressure on yourself. It really Mm. depends on where you're at. Mm, yeah and I guess it depends on whether like you said you're a fitness professional business owner on on um in an online capacity or you're an ad for gym fitness and food enthusiast that's just enjoying yep. sharing their fitness journey yeah They're two separate things like if yeah. you want to have um like ugh, I hate using the word professional but just like a, a business model I don't know because I feel like I show up in a very personal professional way mm. um so well you might have to how- refer to our podcast on a professional's mindset <laughs> Quote, quote, good point, good point. Yeah, but I get, yeah, it's it's context dependent. I I just, I worry that people are going down that, um, well, if it's not perfect, I don't do it. Yeah, no. Mentality. And Mm -hmm. I just think like. Because that's that's a a, cop out. Yeah, and that's a problem. Like if, Mm. if you're not showing up at all, well, then I would rather show up and it be shit at the start than not show up and not know or not try Yeah. Yeah. And the easiest way, like I suppose in terms of strategies, because again, someone said, I don't really know where to start. A, you can outsource. You can have someone come in and take photos of you for the day and help you with your content. You can pay someone to make reels for you. You can pay someone to manage your social media. Like if you literally do not have the skills to do that or don't want to put the time into it, outsource. Most people do. Um, and then also, um, I think I've gone blank for the first time in a long time, but that's pretty much it. You can yeah. outsource if you like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're, out, especially if you're, um, I guess, like older, um, like, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, and you're not that up to date with social media. Careful you don't with that, be. mate. Sorry, maybe not 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. <laughs> I'm fucking 30 next year. I'm 30 next year, am I? But some people don't want to invest the time in learning platforms. And that's cool. exactly right. So you yeah, can absolutely. outsource like, and that's totally fine. Um, it's just about being aware of then like what you're actually selling. And, and yeah, yeah. I, it's I definitely would, worth investing in. I reckon. Yeah, I you don't have to. Well, I, I don't personally, but we do for the podcast for sure. Like if it's very much like choppy and changey stuff. But if you were starting out right now and you did not want to put any effort into your oh, social yes. media, would you rather outsource or not post? Yeah, for sure. For mm, sure. Mm. Outsource if you don't want to do it. Of yeah. course. And there are also brands and companies that um, maybe they don't want to be the face of the brand and they outsource yeah. people to be faces of the brands. It's called influencer marketing. And it's like yeah. probably the most up-to-date sort of way to make money in this day and age as well. So mm-hmm. you don't always have to be an extrovert person for your brand. Like you said, nah. Danny, if you're a product, if you sell on sunscreen and you want to find some influencers on a beach to wear your sunscreen, there you, you go. Know, that's an avenue. But I also feel like we're not talking to um, sunscreen companies. <laughs> well, it's all relevant. It's it's definitely all relevant. And if you're unsure on what content to put out, just put out something that mm. you're confident in doing. Like mm. Just start in something that you know that you can speak confidently about because Mm. no matter what you will, if you search, 
which I wouldn't recommend, but you will find someone out there saying the exact opposite to you. It's oh, just the reality of it. So you block them. No, I'm kidding. Well, not really. But, yeah, you know, it's going to be everywhere. Them. Yeah. Or they find you somehow. Yeah. So you just start by something that you're confident in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And to be honest as well, a lot of people are in this sort of like, I can't think of anything to post sort of mentality. And to me, mm. I'm like, if you can't think of anything to post at least a couple of times a week, what's going on? Are you in the right industry or are you burning yeah. yourself out? Or like, for sure, like if I'm feeling uncreative, it's because I'm burning myself out. Usually yeah. if I can't post every couple of days, it's because I don't have space in my brain to think. Yeah. Uh, the best ideas come when you're bored, you know? Yeah. So rather than being like, oh, I'm just going to pay someone to come up with all this stuff for me and do these things. That's not how it works, to be mm. honest. A hundred percent. And again, I had this conversation yesterday with someone who was telling me about all the courses they've done, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, great. Why can't you think of something to post? So my homework was for them to open up their course notes, pick Mm. one sentence out of pages and pages, and then make a post out of that. But of course, put credit where it's due. If you've done someone's course and you're using their content, then great, tag them. But that's your thing. Some days I open up a textbook on my computer because who has paper textbooks? You know, I, the old, I search through a textbook and say, I'm going to make a post mm. on that today. Yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I actually have a list on my phone because I might be Ooh. at the gym um, and I come up with a lot of content ideas when I'm training because I'm just like in mm. my element. And I just have a list on my phone of content ideas when I'll be like, oh, make a post on that. That's a good idea. I might Thank even you. script it when I'm training. So just because like, don't sit there and be like, okay, post. Like don't, don't that's, <laughs> make, magic. think of something, yeah. you know, like that's really hard on yourself. So you don't yeah. have to have systems and people, but you can have your own processes. Like, like I said, I just have a list on my notes where I'm like, Oh, I should not write a post when I have time. Yeah. Um, I should write something up and, and post that when I get time. So yeah, create the yeah. time for yourself. Absolutely. And you can even recycle posts that you've put up before, but just change the the picture or the caption. I always do that because first of all, I thought that wasn't a good idea, but then I spoke to a few people who were sort of on like active on social media and stuff. And they say, well, yeah, what about your new followers? They they haven't seen it. Or for people who have read that post, Mm. Mm. what's the worst thing about them reading it again like sometimes we read the same book over and over again it's the same thing yeah for sure I do that as well absolutely some of my Canva quotes or like some Mm. of um some of the infographics that I've made up I'm like yeah like you know posted these like however many thousand followers ago I want these guys to get the value too because Instagram content just gets lost so you're always going to have key themes because that's what we do. Like, you know, we speak about usually the same things and you'll find, even if you're not doing it intentionally, you've probably spoken about this somewhere, you know, three grids ago. So yeah, don't be scared of that either. Yeah. And another point as well. Now we're all about embracing women's and men's natural beauty and that's great. But then it's also kind of coming to us the opposite now that people are scared to use filters or scared to sort of do themselves up in a photo because it's not authentic. But then that's not the message that we want to say, of course. Yeah. We want to, we, the message we want is do you, like you do you boo. That yeah. is the fucking message. And yeah. if that is with a Paris filter on or Botox, I, I do not Paris give a shit. And Botox. <laughs> <laughs> but another key theme that you were sort of just um, expanding on there, Danny, was that 
pressure to show authenticity mm. and be raw and yeah. be, and to me I'm like how do you try to be yourself how <laughs> that's do exhausting try, that's how enough. do you try to be authentic yeah you don't have to sit on the ground and show yourself your life like that's not what body positivity is mm. body positivity is showing yourself showing yeah. who you are like regardless raw whether that's posed I don't care it doesn't have to show your like quote-unquote imperfections if you don't want them to but I yeah. understand the push for that message mm. If that's not your thing, you don't have to do it either. People aren't yeah. going to like lose respect for you. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to use that filter that changes your eyes and nose and mouth, use it. If it means you're going to get out there and answer a thing, because I notice a lot of people that start they scare answering. Me. <laughs> they do, they do. Not the crazy ones, but, you know, yeah. my hat goes off to people who are replying um, to questions on their story for the first time or mm. who you can tell that it's their first time and it's just the best but they have got a pretty decent filter on like I'm not gonna judge <laughs> because at least they're giving it a go oh, you know what I mean 100%. and that's their little way of feeling a bit more confident but mm. it's a stepping stone into it you know yeah. like we're not gonna judge no and as well like um if people need to show up with a mask on like what do you think it says about their confidence if they need to do that all Mm. the time and who are we to judge that like I said they're showing up in the best capacity that they can perhaps in the safest and the only way they know how to so by us dropping a negative comment you know and I feel like I say this from a place of like I get some negative comments every now and then Mm. and fuck that like (laughs) I'm I'm strong I can deal with that but I just think of the people that aren't as opinionated and strong-willed as me and how harmful that could be so a lot of these like I feel like the most negative ones come from the people without a DP like what's up it's always those (laughs) fake accounts that are just there to create mischief who are they who are they keyboard warriors keyboard warriors yeah but that's something that I'm on and say it to me mate (laughs) yeah come tell me in the fucking street um oh my god that though so funny like there was this reel on my page it's nearly got a million views Danny and on your insta sorry I really yelled into the microphone there and the comments on that are savage absolutely savage on instagram yeah because it's obviously hit explores in some country (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's it's the one of me on it i'm not trying to tell it i'm telling everyone which one it saves Um, everyone searching how far down is it oh i look like this yeah views that is dude look at the comments (laughs) watermelon sugar uh but can can we don't Keep talking while it. I'm scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say walking? I meant talking. I um, <laughs> but obviously, right, when things get traffic, right, and I'm even thinking of Danny, the post that I made about females training in the um, all-girl gyms. Oh, that was right? hectic. The more traction a post gets, the more not only yes men, but no men you're going to attract. So not you're not and women. Re- let's keep it. Oh yeah, but no. you know how they say. I yes know what men? you mean. Someone commented on your thing. Do you? Al- <laughs> Someone commented on your story. Do you always stand like this? <laughs> yeah. What? Someone commented on it. Yes, I walk to the fridge like this, Danny. <laughs> someone commented on there like, yeah, but what about breast implant illness? Like, there's oh, people fuck. with political views that the more traction a post gets, the more people you're gonna attract. So they're not going to be people that actually know you. 
they're not going to be your followers or your yes men. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still scrolling. I am <laughs> listening to what you're saying. Yeah, haters going to hate, but like good on them, these people. Um, and just back on the breast implant illness thing, like I know a couple of people who are quite close to me who have got them removed and they feel amazing too. Yeah. So everything we talk about is a based off our personal experience, but we're very open to the complete opposing opinion yeah. as well. So it's really case by case. I'll yeah. finish scrolling this in, in my own time because <laughs> oh, yeah, I am, we are on the podcast right now. So yeah, sorry, I Cheryl, forget that. that was very entertaining. But <laughs> I love being able to be like, guys, this happens and no one speaks about it. No one speaks about it. They just yeah. pretend like this sort of stuff doesn't happen. And I want to be like, okay, this stuff happens and it's actually fine because like I said, yeah. the more that you put yourself out there, and the more, I guess, that your content becomes accessible by other people around the world, the more people that are going to see it, the more opinions that are going to come in, the more yeah. comments you're going to get. It doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong or bad or yeah. anything. It just means that people are opinionated. And just oh, like yeah. you have an opinion, they have one too. They're probably going to tell you about it. So mm. we almost have to build up like a bit of a tough skin to be like, oh, yeah. if you're going to put yourself out there, like accept the hate. But as Brene Brown said, if oh. they're not in the arena with you, Mate, <laughs> I don't want to hear your comments from the sideline, mate. Get in the yep. arena. Yeah, yeah. Why yep. do we turn Brene Brown quotes into really Aussie sounding? Like, <laughs> she's the least Aussie sounding, but we're her. like, yeah, mate, step into the arena, mate. <laughs> oh, I know. Man. I know. I'm in a mood now. Um, I've, I've lost it at those comments. It's just set me off now. Um, <laughs> cool. What an episode. It's really on. No, I think oh, the last. On. The last thing we're going to chat about was just the followers, but I think it all ties oh. into each other as well. So yeah. one of the last thing that really, or one of the last things that really came up was just about trying to build an audience and not feeling like, you know, they're do- getting any traffic or any business mm. or whatever it might be. And that seemed to be a pressure by people. And obviously that's what I guess builds the backbone of successful social media. They do that on purpose. Like why yeah. do you think the numbers right at the top? They want to create hierarchy and authority and status Mm -hmm. um, because it's what we as humans in a tribe need we want leaders from the front so it goes both ways but I think you know when you start fixating and you know just creating content for um, gaining a following that's when it goes against all those other things that we've really spoken about Um, yeah I almost argue that the following is a result of consistency with good content yeah, exactly. And it's really important rather than just chasing the numbers, even though, though we all love um, followers and you reached 100K and I was celebrating and you're like, yeah, but it's just a number. And I'm like, yeah, but no, no, no. I was so, I'm way more attached to your following number than you are clearly. But like, it's a testament to your effort because you did it in a way of putting out good quality content you didn't sell your soul to the devil to to get followers because we all yes. know yeah. how to get numbers but it's really important to recognize who's actually following you and from a coach's point of view are they going to inquire buy your products engage with mm. you mm. rather than just getting the number mm. yeah and i just think like social media has given me like so many friends like yourself mm. danny like eugene who's a really good friend of mine like so many connections and so mm. many opportunities because i put myself out there and i've showed myself and what you see is what you get and like yep. you can really use social media as a tool but something mm. to be mindful of is like well who are you comparing yourself to again you know mm. that's there's people on freaking lebron james like hundreds of millions of followers so yeah 
we can't compare ourselves based on a number. And let's be real, so many people freaking buy followers these days. It's an absolute joke. Mm-hmm. So you never know what's real anyway. So you can't like judge a book based off its cover. Oh, yeah. Followers does not equal more happiness or more no income. It's what you do with the followers that you have as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 But if you want more, you know, just do your research on which um, posts get you more followers. So, for example, when we were talking about resharing ones from the past, I look at my insights and see which one has the most saves, tractions, mm. comments, and I reshare that because mm. that's value to people. So there are ways and strategies that you can go about it as well. Reels are, are really trending, which we talk about a lot, um, and things like that. So, mm. yeah, do your research too. But yeah. look after the followers that you do have too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. Because how many do you really need? Like you've got a 1,000 followers like that's that can thrive a business. I know mm. businesses that absolutely kill it. Then they're not even on social media. Yeah. So you know, it's it's really important to have that context. And like I said, the following is like the result um, of really trusting the process and like putting the effort into the process of just yeah. freaking being a good human and showing mm. it consistently. Yeah. That's all. Really, there's no secrets or anything. It's I hate how people are like gain a million <laughs> followers in like one month. It's like shut. <laughs> shut up oh there you have it I think that's everything yeah Yeah. and like I said I really um I just really wanted to be able to have a bit of an extended chat about Mm -hmm. some of those things that were showing up for people and I was like I can't do this on a story I'll be talking next week (laughs) so you know I hope that this has resonated um with some of you girls and guys about you know, some of the limiting beliefs that show up for all of us at different stages of our fitness journey or our coaching career. So don't think that you're alone when these Mm. things come up and just put in place some strategies or perhaps some, um, I guess, you know, some things that you can do to help work on them. Perfect. Well said. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. And if you did enjoy the episode, please do take a screenshot and tag the Level Up podcast on Instagram. Thanks, everyone.